everybody, and welcome to Hashtag No Limits. I am your host, Shelly Kino. Hashtag No Limits is about limits that society has placed upon people, but those people have bust through those limits. As a special education teacher and as a master IEP coach and education consultant, I have seen this happen over and over again, and I am so proud and pleased that I can share these stories with you. The story that I am going to share, well, I'm not going to share, the story that I am happy to bring you today is a story that happened many years ago. Um, this family is my family, and I'm so pleased to call them my family. Technically, by blood, they are my, fa my husband's family, but they have included me from the very first moment that I met them all, and um, that is how they've lived their entire lives. And their story is very wonderful and loving. I'm so excited to have Cousin Vicki on with me today. So, hi, Cousin Vicki. How are you? I am fine. I'm Good. a little bit of a mess, but I'm fine. Okay. I'm well, thank you, Shelly. Yeah. Um, so, Vicki, you are the baby of the family. Right. I am. So mm -hmm. tell, tell me a little, tell us, tell um, a little bit about your family and um, about your brothers. Um, I had one brother that was 10 years older than me named Charles Boots Shivitz. And I have another brother that currently lives in Florida that is 12 years older than me. And uh, we lived in a very, very small town. I mean, small town, as you well know, about 150 people, maybe, I don't know, never counted them. Right. It, it was truly a rural, small town atmosphere with a family around us that supported us. And my 10-year-older brother, Boots, uh, got polio when he was five or six, and then he contracted post-polio encephalitis a year and a half later that did additional damage to him. So that's where the special needs comes in. And he lived to be 37 years old. He passed away in 1978, and that's the background. Yeah, so my husband had shared with me, and he has so many fond memories of Bootsy. Um, so, yep. so my first question regarding Bootsy is, how did he go from Charles to Bootsy? Where did he come? Where did that name come from? Um, at, at best I recall, uh, my folks and Eddie. Eddie is the older brother that lives in Florida, um, and Boots were somewhere, um, I think he maybe had had polio at that time. He was walking in his braces or he was in a wheelchair, and he proclaimed, wherever they were, that he didn't like the name Charles. And, and dad asked him, this is how I remember it. Dad asked him, well, what do you want to be called? And he looked over and some guy was wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> and he said, boots. 
and he was known as Boots. I, I mean, I didn't even know his name was Charles for many years. <laughs> as a baby, as a kid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's how that's how he was Boots or Bootsy. Yeah. And honestly, I've been in your family now for 30 years. And until we started preparing for this, I never knew what his real name was. Because as I said, Kevin always referred to him as Bootsy or Boots. Mm -hmm. um, right. So so he's 10 years older than you. Oh, I forgot. I, I told you I was going to do that housekeeping stuff and I always tend to forget it. Um, so, so yeah, so let me do the housekeeping. Um, if you're watching from the Facebook group, No Limits, um, Changing the World's Perspective through IEPs, please give StreamYard permission. Um, I put the the link in the chat box so that you can um, just click on it and tell them it's okay for them to share your name and profile picture. Um, they're doing that to protect your privacy because the Facebook group is a private group. So they're, they're honoring your privacy. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit subscribe. If you're watching on uh, in the Facebook page, please like it. Um, make sure that you like the page. Also, any comments um, help our viewership because the more people who comment, the more people Facebook will share the video with. And, you know, that's always my goal with the show is to we're, we're trying to change perspectives. We're trying to broaden people's um, views of, of the world. And so the more people have the opportunity to see this the more opportunities are going to be had in order to change those. So, okay, sorry about that. I always forget that business side of things because um, I'm always so excited to just get in and have the stories told. So um, so you were, your brother was 10 when you were born. So by the time you were born, he already had polio. Sorry, I'm smiling because somebody just posted comment and I have a feeling I know who it is, but they didn't give permission to StreamYard. So I don't, I can't see who it is. <laughs> Uh, yes, he he already had polio. He was in uh, two leg braces, a half a brace on one side and a full leg brace on the other side. Um, had to because of severe scoliosis. Um, he also had to wear a corset. And oh, wow. yeah, uh huh. And and that was uh, I think that entailed. As he was growing up, I mean, I can remember back to two and a half, but prior to that, I can't, I have no memories, but I do remember two and a half. Okay. Uh, we would, one or the other or both of the parents and me thrown in the back seat uh, would take a trip to Warm Springs, Georgia to get a, to be refitted for a new corset. And the corset came from chest height to right at the hip. So and so as he was growing, it had to be changed like every six months. Right. And um, in later years, he didn't wear it at all. But he also, from the post-polio encephalitis, just on the medical side of it, he his speech was affected. And he also had grand mal seizures that were controlled by phenobarb, phenobarb pills and injections. When he, and there was, um, the cause of the seizures was never found out. Oh, okay. You just know, I'm sure it was from some neurological damage from the, uh, 
post-polioencephalitis. Yeah. And, and they had also had him to Mayo Clinic, too. But that oh. was where I was born. So they, my parents had taken him several places. One other caveat. I did not find out until five years ago that my oldest brother also had polio. Really? Uh-huh. Eddie oh, had wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did not know that until, and I'm 70, so that was five years ago. So wow. kind of interesting. Yeah. Evidently, there were no side effects with Eddie's. He had a much milder case, evidently. Wow. Yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's a very severe case of it. Right. Um, well, this person also has not given permission to Facebook, but I bet you can figure out who it is. It says, say hi to Loretta for me and give her some pets for me. I'll also give you the hint that she's at college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, she wasn't sure if she was going to be able to watch today, so I'm glad to see that she was able to join in. Um so wow that's really interesting about eddie getting it too and that i it was never spoken about i didn't know it yeah so do you know if they got it at the same time evan no i don't i didn't ask i mean i was so right sure when it came up at the 50th wedding anniversary for eddie and his wife nancy right I I just stunned. Wow. So interesting, but that yeah. was in the '80s, you know, or whenever. Yeah. Wow. And so you've said it. You're 70 years old. So when your brother contracted this, um, this would have been back in the like 1950s ish, 1940. Uh huh. Yeah, 50ish. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it, it, um, she did give permission. So she does, she, she can't say hi to you now. <laughs> um, so at that time there was, I mean, this show is, you know, mostly about special education. So there was no special education opportunities or at least I shouldn't say there wasn't any, but there was no law to end. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Uh-uh. No. Uh, it- Everything was, um, it was, in in our terms today, it was very crude. Education, medical services, I mean, you had to seek out medical services. And and remember, when did the polio vaccine come in? 52, I think? I don't know. It was early 50s. The polio vaccine, I believe, came in. To being and um so i mean it probably didn't it probably wasn't there when i was born right you know uh, but shortly thereafter i'm sure um but education wise no um i i remember mother telling me that boots did go um to about six months of first grade school and remember, I told you about the small town. So there was a one-room schoolhouse. 
and they had all the grades in one room. Oh my gosh. With right. one teacher. Um, so mom said that he went about six months and then he contracted the post polio encephalitis and that ended the education. So I don't know if he could legitimately read or not. I have no idea. I just know that um, when I was aware of it, he always wanted his Bible open. Uh-huh. And he was studying his Bible. In, uh, that's what he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, you wouldn't remember because you weren't born yet when he was only six. So. <laughs> right. um, do you know, so you said his speech was affected with the post encephalitis so polio encephalitis yeah so so he had her i mean i guess he had good speech and and was um well yeah Yeah. and so how badly was it affected was he able to speak at all after yes he can he could speak but um rarely full sentences and certain words and Sometimes a cuss word. <laughs> don't we all learn those? Yeah, those are the words you don't want kids to pick up on, and and they right. do. Like, of course, they do. Yeah, and we we break it very clearly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it, it was severe, severe yeah. speech. Um, yeah. So severe speech, and what did it do to him physically? I mean, you talked about the braces, so he was able to walk at some point for a while, at least. Uh-huh. For a while, he was able to walk with the full leg braces, and um, and then it became too difficult with the leg braces, and he would still we would still get him up and put him in the wheelchair with his corset on, uh-huh. and um, so he could sit up in the wheelchair, and then. I would say probably when I'm going to say probably when I was 10 or thereabouts, um, it, it became too difficult for him. So he was entirely bedridden. So his right side was paralyzed. His right side was entirely paralyzed. Okay. Now his left side, he could still use. And um, he he was mostly bedridden, and that's what your husband Kevin would remember because he his his bed and the position of the bed was right next to the kitchen, so he was always involved in whoever came over because they always came over to see him, not necessarily to play with me or to help mom or whatever but they would always come over to visit him and they would sit at a corner where they could see both the kitchen and boots and talk to boots and and he had a tv for entertainment and he he liked his tv he liked his westerns yeah well yeah that was in the 70s so yeah that's Uh, yeah 60s yeah yeah yeah, because Kevin wasn't born until 71, so. Um, okay, okay, so that, all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and I remember Kevin telling me many times, you know, that, first of all, that he thought Boots had a great sense of humor. 
Oh, it was very twisted. <laughs> he could speak least expected. Ah. Just to instigate things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and that's probably the the reason that Kevin liked that sense of humor because <laughs> Yeah. Knowing Kevin in his younger years, yes, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should maybe we should stop talking about boots and just talk about Kev no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's another episode. Yeah, absolutely. Then that's a completely different show. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Violet says, so that's where Kevin gets it. Yeah, that's exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and he shared with me that he felt that your dad did a great job of instilling and growing that sense of humor. Um, but when I mentioned that to you, you thought it was Big Unk that really worked up that sense of humor in him? Uh, I, I don't remember. Well, dad, dad, ha dad had a great sense of humor and gosh, he worked hard. So did mom. Um, but all the Shivitz brothers had a pretty wicked sense of humor. So I'm not sure that Boots got it genetically and by behavior also. Yeah. 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 So, so we've talked a lot about Boots and his personality and his, his struggles with the polio and everything. But you as a sibling, you were the, I, I did have a guest on last week um, who ha has a brother with autism. Um, okay. And she is the younger, I'm sorry, she is the older sibling. So her experience was a little bit different because, um, you know, an older child having the, the parents all to themselves. And then the, I think she had a sister and then this brother. Um, but your experiences are going to be vastly different because you were the younger sibling. So, and as we've mentioned many times, when you were born, he already had the polio and had the post-polio encephalitis. Um, so what was it like for you growing up with somebody who had all of these needs? Um, I, I just didn't know any different. Um, I, I credit mom and dad because they struggled to make sure that all three of us had as normal life as possible, I would say, given, given the severe circumstances of Boots's medical situation. Right. And, um, but I, I just didn't know any different. I became more sensitive to it, I would say, probably um, in my later years probably when I was after he had passed and I was about maybe 50 or 45 50 something like that and I was thinking about some things that I had missed or that were different than what I see in a normal family whatever that is but see I didn't know any different and you're right my older brother absolutely had a different experience yeah so, i mean yeah 
I was the baby and I was the only girl. So that made a difference. Sure. Yeah. And that makes sense. So uh, I'm trying to think about um, vehicles, you know, like we talked about the medical and the medical equipment. I imagine, so I need you to tell me if I'm wrong, that you probably didn't just pick up and go any place that you wanted to because you, he had his chair or he had his braces. And back then, they didn't build cars. There was to... nothing handicapped. No. Right. The, my earliest memory is an, an Oldsmobile, a big boat of an Oldsmobile. And dad would build a, um, in the back seat, on the floorboard, he would build a bench across the back seat and make a bed. And boots would lay there. And then they'd pitch me in the back, too. Oh, okay. And, you know, right on the bed or whatever. Right, Just, right. God forbid, there were no seatbelts then. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that, too. <laughs> yeah, and that, too. And then we progressed from a to a VW microbus when they first came out. Okay. And then he converted the back into a bed, which was really comfortable, actually. And and then you had a, a middle seat and then the front seats. And then we went to a Greenbrier Chevy van. And then we went to a Winnebago, a very small Winnebago that gave us unbelievable relief because dad could put boots in the, in the Winnebago and we could go wherever we wanted to go, uh, for the most part. Right. And we progressed to a even bigger Winnebago. Okay. Last vehicle, but you know that had beds. That was that was really nice. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think about the vehicles today, and there's there's equipment to help lift the chairs in there's ramps there's spots you know and there there are vans now and i just saw it on um they were advertising for an airplane where they are now making space available for wheelchairs on airplanes but even even in in vehicles now you know you can um some of the um motorized wheelchairs you can ride them up and then there's it'll there's a place where the the wheels will lock and all those kind of extra safety features and yep. it does make going places, I would think, much more manageable. More manageable, and it normalizes more things than you think. Right, right. So when you were going to school, um, I I'm thinking about, you know, like, like Violet or myself in school and how, you know, we'd go hang out with our friends um, I always tried to be the home that everybody wanted to come to, but yeah, I mean, she would go places. So you're shaking your head. What? Uh, yeah, I know where you're going. Uh, I, I would go to friends' houses. I would go to friends' houses, but by and large, everybody came to our house because Boots was there. And sometimes, uh, uh, well, for the most part, they always wanted to say hi to Boots and they always wanted to mess with him and talk to him and yada, yada, yada. So everybody came to my house and a lot of times um, uh, to our house. And a lot of times people would drop by or my friends would drop by because they 
came by and they didn't even want to see me. They would <laughs> say, boots. I mean, well, it was okay. You yeah. Know, it, because that was just the way it was. You always said hi to boots. Right. Well, and that's such a wonderful, inclusive setting without realizing that's what you were doing. And that's what I hinted at the beginning is your, your family has always welcomed any of us outsiders in as if we were part of the flock the whole time. Well, I think that was their philosophy, inclusion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, I mean, from, from what Kevin has told me, um, that was definitely, you know, he, mm-hmm. he never, he also never thought about boots as disabled or, you know, no. he, he was boots, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is who boots is, um, you know, because by the time, like I said, Kevin wasn't born until 71. So, you know, boots was in his thirties by that point, or just maybe turned 30. And, you know, so this is who, who we are. And, and um, we're not going to get into the Kevin stories, but Kevin was with your parents at your parents' house a lot from my understanding of his childhood. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we'll just leave it like that. Yes, he was. <laughs> oh, goodness. If you all knew the reason I laughing so much at the way she said that. As I said, we could tell, we could have a whole nother show. <laughs> About my husband, Sheldon. He is an absolutely amazing adult. Please don't misunderstand, but he is. is, You would never in a million years believe how Kevin turned out, her husband. So just leave it like that. Yeah. But your your parents. Huh? Compared to the way he started. Well, and, and my understanding is that your family had a lot to do with that. A lot to do with his changing from the mischievous little boy that he really was from the stories I've heard to this this person that he is today um, because of just, like I said, just that inclusiveness, that Mm -hmm. that structure. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my understanding was your parents could get him to do some things that maybe my mother-in-law couldn't always get him to do. Um, but there were other people and I don't know this, but were there, I know there's been many other names mentioned throughout my time of knowing your family, like, um, of other people in the family. Did you ever have other people that lived with you or was it just that everybody was so close? No, uh, uh, mom, mom and dad took in, um, well, let's see, aunt Jenny, my grandma, my mom's mom, uh, they lived with us. She, li- uh, Ma lived with us for uh, five years, six years, as well as Boots. Okay. Broke her hip. And um, until she passed away. And um, Pappy's wife, Aunt Lil lived with us and it wasn't unusual for us to take other people in yeah right right and yeah so your mom was just very nurturing and very yes. loving and very caring and an excellent cook um and and, and, yes she is um and 
there's a reason that our daughter is named after your mom <laughs> because of all of those those wonderful qualities and all of the um, the things that she did for Kevin growing up. I mean, he's he's always and and I do too. I was so blessed to have you know I don't know twenty years of knowing your mom before she passed and um, you know it she was she was a very wonderful woman and I think it speaks volumes to her and your dad. I didn't have the chance to meet your dad, but of all the wonderful memories that everybody has of mm -hmm. your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, and the fact that, you know, friends would want to come over and family would stop by and, you know, like I said, boots was boots. Um, yeah. They bring him things and, uh, all they, something about cowboys or something, they would bring him that or uh, whatever. Yeah. Right. Oh, bye, Violet. We love you too. She's got to go. She's got a meeting. She has to prepare for. She said so. Um, but when you were talking about about Kevin and his upbringing, she said she's so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, you don't have to be sorry. Your daddy's amazing. So yeah, he he really is. But you know, it's good that he has those stories because that gives people hope. <laughs> You can, your child can just be driving you crazy today, but as an adult, they're going to, they could possibly become this amazing person who's a pillar of society and who, you know, lots of people look up to. Um, so to any, to any parents listening and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, they didn't, they didn't what label kids. Her husband. <laughs> yeah. They didn't label kids when my husband was younger as um, emotionally disturbed, but um, he, he might have had that label based on the behaviors that I've heard from him. Um, my mother would probably label it differently, but that's okay. <laughs> he was very strong-willed. He's still strong-willed today, but in a much better way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a strong-willed child, um, don't... Don't despair too much. Um, yeah, you have to get through the child rearing years, but that strong will. And my daughter is one who also has a strong will, and um, they they can do great things once they learn how to manage that strong will. Well, he managed to uh, absorb the inclusiveness and the tolerance. Yes, he managed for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you've said. Um, that as you know, you were looking back as an adult, um, there are some things that you, and I think we're all like this, but now that you look back in, at your life growing up and what your parents went through and did and had to do in a lot of cases, how has your perspective changed about your childhood and your upbringing? Or has it? Well, uh, uh, some, I, I realize that, um, None of us are perfect, and we all need to be tolerant mm -hmm. because you know the background of other people. Right. By the same token, in my later years, I'm talking about, oh, when we went down to Warm Springs, Georgia, and Dad put in the uh, heating and cooling for the little White House, FDR's little White House, blah, 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 
I'm thinking that was normal for me to hear right like that and I remember warm springs and I remember being down there um, we, we would go down at least once a year warm springs Georgia Foundation and and he would get therapy and or whatever and we also had a good friend that had polio and her husband was the head physical therapist down at the warm springs foundation for years okay fdr was there when franklin roosevelt was there that's incredible uh, yeah so i it, it's like who has that kind of history to talk about you know right. so <laughs> That was normal. Oh, okay. We're going to Georgia. Okay. Right. Yeah, we're going to go see the president. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Dad's going to do some work or what, you know, whatever. But right. so, but, but I, re I do realize that some things were missed um, when your mother-in-law and your Kevin's dad to New Memphis, that freed up mom and dad somewhat because they would sit with Boots oftentimes. Okay. One or the other, or both of them, but usually one or the other. And they would sit with Boots, and that was an opportunity for mom and dad to go somewhere as a couple, which was extremely rare. Right. Because all the celebrations and all the parties were at our house. Right. So that... You know, I look back on those things, and, and I, I, it's a lot of history. Yeah, and that's that's interesting because even today, in today's world, with all of the knowledge that we have about different disabilities and different, you know, all the different medical things and all the different accommodations that that society has embraced, um, parents with children with unique abilities are still isolated. They're mm -hmm. still yeah. feeling like there isn't anybody that can or will watch their child for them when they want to go someplace. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, I think about, you know, he was 36 or 37 when he passed away. 37. Mm -hmm. And that was still full-time care that your parents were providing him from, mm -hmm. you know, the time he was six until then. Yes. Um, and, and in my book, those who can't teach, um, which I happen to have a copy of it, that there were families that are still facing those situations and mm -hmm. they're still scared to ask people to stay with their child. Um, because mm -hmm. that's, you, you, you're literally putting your child's life in someone else's hands. Correct. Correct. And I, while that's daunting from the acceptor of that, because I've had that experience before, it's even, it's, it's, it's really a beautiful thing that the trust that the parents of the child have with whoever it is that they are giving that granting that privilege to, mm -hmm. um, you know, no question, no question, but 
be careful of the isolation. Yeah. And and don't think that you can't include people because you can. Right. And I think it sounds, I mean, from from the stories that I've heard, your family was great at including and having, you know, okay, so maybe they couldn't go everywhere, but they had people come to them. Correct. Correct. And they made sure that, you know, Boots was part of everything mm-hmm. as much as, as possible. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's... Oh, there's Loretta. Can I take a 30-second break? Absolutely. Okay, I am very, very sorry. No, no, that's okay. That's totally okay. Yep, Loretta is her beautiful and amazing German Shepherd that um, is very well-trained, very loved, very spoiled. Um, But yeah, she was napping, so she's awake now apparently, and she's ready to go outside and um, take her her little break. So for those of you um, during this little bit of a a commercial break, so to speak, um, if you're watching, please let me know in the comments, let me know, you know, hashtag live or hashtag replay if you're watching this on the replay. And again, uh, make sure that you give Facebook permission if you are in the group that they can post your Facebook uh, profile picture and name. If you like this, make sure to, to like it, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. The, the more we can get these kinds of things out there, the better our entire world will be because There are so many wonderful people that are being excluded because of their abilities. Um, And we're we're missing out on a lot. Um, So you got Loretta all taken care of? I I did. Okay, good. She's calm now. (laughs) For the moment, sorry. Oh, no, no, that's okay. That's the great thing about this show. It's very casual and, you know, I... Yeah, you're not getting any special treatment just because you're my cousin or my husband's cousin or, or whatever. But um, yeah, I know I've, I've, you know, my show that I do on Fridays, um, Fran has a dog and a cat that often appear and join the entire show. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's all good. It's all good. So, so yeah, we were talking about the inclusive environment that your parents and your family had designed mm-hmm. and how, you know, bringing everyone to you um, to help mm-hmm. combat that isolation feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and your friends, you know, um, one of the, the families that's in the book um, had the, the child had three older siblings and they were the same way. You know, their friends came to their house to hang out. Um, you know, the friends knew the, the youngest sibling as much as they did the, the friend of, you know, whichever older sibling was their friend that they were coming to hang out with. And yeah, I mean, I, I wish that was the case for everybody, whether they have older siblings or not. Um, we're... we're and it and it's not sometimes it's just not but but the more you uh, that that would be probably some of the wisdom that i could leave you and that would be uh uh, that i could tell your listeners uh 
to you know, my parents were really good about teaching tolerance and joy, and and they educated people through their example. Right. Yeah. So, absolutely. Don't be afraid to do it, and we're all different. Absolutely. So it it's just a matter of how different we are. Right. Right. That's why I like to try to focus on the abilities, you know, and not and not call it disabilities because not every disability. one of us, yeah. yeah, every one of us has abilities that are different than everyone else. Um, and every one of us is unique in our own unique way, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm so thankful for that because imagine how boring life would be if everyone were like you or everyone were like me. That's think of <laughs> right. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, think of all the Yeah, think of all the things that would not have been invented if it had been like everybody was the same. Correct. Correct. You know. Good um, focus. Good focus, Shelly, on abilities. Yeah. Well, and and that's what it is. I I don't like to use the word disability um, to talk about my guests' situations or or family members or whatever it is because I really they're to me the, the definition of that is it can't do. And you know, again, going back to the title of my book, I learned so much from my students that I taught and their families that welcomed me in mm -hmm. that why would I, why would I not want to have that opportunity? Why would I not want to share that with as many people as I could? That would be extremely selfish of me. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe somebody doesn't read as quickly or comprehend as well, or doesn't understand math as well, or doesn't write as well, or, or, you know, doesn't have the physical abilities to the level that other people have, but so what? Why do we, why do we look at that as a negative? They're just minor limitations. Mm -hmm. Really, is what they are. So yeah. you around them. Yeah. Well, um, I want to. I know you had some notes, and I want to make sure. You know, we've we've still got plenty of time, but I want to make sure that we've covered anything that you had wanted to cover. Um, because I never like to leave without giving that opportunity. Um, no, I've covered everything. That's good. Okay. Get down my list. <laughs> well, good. That's why I like to sit, sit down with the guests ahead of time and just, you know, talk a little bit about things that we'll talk about. Um, so I'm just curious, like, what would be some favorite stories that you could share about your brother boots? Uh, well, I have to n n not include my favorite one. And it had to do with cowboy boots, by the way, but <laughs> I can't share that. Um, um, I don't know if, go ahead. There, oh, um, 
I, I I can share one with you, and and it illustrates how you adapt to certain situations. Okay. Um, I was probably about eight or nine years old, and um, Boots's room. At that time, we didn't have a portable television in his room. You know, it was still too new. We had a television in the living room, which was two rooms away. Right. And and uh, mom was outside working in the garden or something, and she said to me, uh, uh, Boots said to me, want to watch television, TV. And I thought, well, how am I going to get him in there? Right. You know, because dad mostly carried him everywhere you know picked him up and would carry him uh and so i put a blanket on the floor and i said get down on the blanket boots <laughs> and he, he said i can't and so i had to swing his legs over and i rolled him out of bed onto the blanket and drug him <laughs> on the floor on the blanket to watch television and mom came back in and she said, what are you two doing? <laughs> Boots just looked at her and said, watching TV. Yeah. That was the end of it. Yeah. And, and he kind of laughed about it. Another story. He used to like to instigate people. Um, uh, if they were worked up or irritated about something. Uh-huh. So he um, definitely got Kevin got that trait. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so my grandpa, Pappy, known as Pappy, would always come and sit and visit with him. And sometimes when he get in a fight, you know, verbal fight with Aunt Will, his wife, that woman, that's not exactly his words, but <laughs> that woman, and he'd be sitting there and Boots would say, are you mad, Pappy? <laughs> and then Pappy go on and on and on and on. And, uh, you know, Mom was in the kitchen, so she could hear him, and she just knew what he was doing. He uh -huh. was citing my grandpa to keep going. Right. Be more infuriated. And he would just sh shake his head, and he'd put his head down, and his shoulders would shake. <laughs> Pappy all worked up. So that was part of his... That all was part of his humor and, um, well, the part that explains Kevin, actually, <laughs> your husband. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And Kevin would talk about, you know, we just, we'd go over to Aunt Ryan Oaks and we'd, you know, I'd climb up in the bed with Boots and his brother, Brian, would climb up in the bed and they would, you know, just play games and, and, um, you know, so let's describe that bed a little bit because, you know, when I think somebody's in a bed at a home, you know, in a home setting or any bed, actually, I'm thinking of, you know, one that's got a, a box spring and then it sits up. So, um, so let's, let's describe the low to the ground. It was very low to the ground about, oh, maybe 12 inches or so. Uh, it, it, you know, it was on a frame and it was, it was not high at all. Right. And was it just a twin bed? Or I'm guessing it has to be, it was twin. twin. But even, 
even at a twin, the boys were able to get into the bed with him and sit and talk. Oh, yeah. and that was not unusual. Uh, actually, uh, Eddie's uh, younger daughter used to do it, too, when they'd come out. Um, okay. They would come out, and they'd, they'd just automatically crawl up and lay next to him or sit next to him and swing their legs and play games or have cards or something. And, you know, kids don't play card games. Right. You know how they do. So, I mean, they would do stuff like that or they read out of the Bible to him. Couldn't read, but <laughs> for the most part, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, or, or if he were eating, they'd take over feeding him and they'd pat him on the head and then they'd shove some food in his mouth and then they'd pat him on the head and shove some more oatmeal in his mouth. And it, it was just a normal process. So there were, hmm. well, Brian was the same way, uh, Kevin's older brother. I mean, uh -huh. they were all used to climbing on the bed, almost on him. Right. <laughs> and... and doing whatever they wanted to do yeah right so we do have a question from jane hi jane um and along with boots's sense of humor um and his ability to instigate people's um anger <laughs> what other abilities did he have she she was asking um he he was extremely perceptive about people's personalities if he didn't like someone that came into the house, he would put his head down and not talk. Oh. At all. And they would all think, oh, Boots is sleeping. Boots is sleeping. Wouldn't move. Wow. And, went and checked to make sure that he was breathing. Right. Because he wasn't about to talk to whomever he, or he didn't want him to sit down by him even wow uh -huh. so um did you ever bring any boys home well let's see no yeah you would have been old enough to, to oh, yeah. bring in boys home oh, yeah. did he have anybody that he didn't like that you brought home or maybe should i say how many did you bring home that he didn't like no i only I, the one that i did bring home that he probably didn't like, but he wanted to mess with me on. And he would he would make fun of him. <gasps> and I'm not, oh yeah. After he was gone, uh -huh. he made fun of him. And then he'd just laugh and put his <laughs> face down. Yeah. In the bed. Oh. Like this. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. Yeah, he was an amazing judge of character. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So I I will tell you the one story about the cowboy boots, however. Not from his name, but I, I'll tell you and I'll leave out the word. Okay. Didn't say. Um, we were traveling in the uh to Georgia somewhere down uh south going to the Warm Springs Foundation or something like that. And we stopped for gas. And I believe we were in the VW bus. So that bed was high up when you stopped for gas. And in the old days, they actually had attendants that came out and punctured gas. Right. And 
and Boots would raise up and he looked out the window and he'd look down at the guy pumping gas and then he'd lay down like this and you could see his shoulder shake. And Dad didn't say anything. Uh-huh. So I got done and we pulled over to the side, uh, over on the side and parked for a minute to rearrange stuff or whatever. And I remember Pop distinctly, Pop coming back and saying, Boots, what is so funny? And very clearly, in a full sentence, he said, 40 years a cowboy and never stepped in. (laughs) I don't know what amused him about the guy, but 40 years a cowboy and never stepped in. Uh-huh. He learned that on one of those westerns that he watched. <laughs> it could have been. It could have been. Easily could have been. Oh, that is yeah. funny. Yeah. So that's, that's the that's the real boots. Yeah. And that's the boots that I heard the stories about. Uh-huh. And right. yeah. And I I've actually heard that story before and and several others that um mm-hmm. made me sad that I never got to to meet him uh-huh. yeah wicked sense of humor wicked yeah that's so awesome that's so wonderful well jane do you have any more questions um or anybody else i know violet left i don't know who's watching right now um we had somebody earlier type in um a bruno curbsider which i presume is a type of car um because they it's when we were talking about the different vehicles that you'd had uh-huh. and um, that popped up then. So I'm thinking that maybe somebody had a type of car like that. Um, but I so appreciate that you came on today and shared about boots. I, like I said, have been in the family for 30 years now and have wondered about him. Um, I've heard a lot of um, stories, but didn't, know a lot of the stuff that you shared today. And I'm so grateful that you came on and shared. Um, oh, it, it's a lift. The Bruno curbsider is a lift. It's what somebody just okay. typed in. Um, and so, yeah, just, I want to, is there any advice? Is there any words of encouragement or, or anything that you would like to leave our guests, our viewers with that you haven't already said? No, really not. Just embrace it and include people. Don't exclude. Yeah. And everybody does the best they can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's beautiful. Include, not exclude. Um, And, and we've, I've said this on this show before and on my show with, with Fran on Fridays that don't make excuses for people invite them and give them the opportunity to say no correct correct you know yeah good idea shelly yeah you do you oh 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 jane man all right do you feel guilty about anything regarding boots man she's zinging you uh that's what best friends are for though right (laughs) best friends are for besties No, I can't say no. Uh-uh. That's good. No, I had a good life. 
growing up. Really did. Yeah. I, I know nothing. And you know, if I were to talk to older siblings, like I said, like my guest last week, you know, her experience was different because she had been around before the brother came around. And, um, you know, I'm sure if you ask my brother, he would, <laughs> he'd be like, oh yeah, I wish, you know, I have all kinds of regrets about my sister because she's my sister. And, you know, Absolutely. he was an only child for almost five years. So he had all of mom and dad's attention and, you know, he was, he was king of the hill. And then here I come along and, um, you know, all the, I, I'm sure I would think almost all older siblings would feel that way. Um, mm -hmm. and then, right. yeah, you, you have a very different viewpoint being a younger sibling because you don't know any different, uh -huh. you know, right. th there is no before and after it's just now it's the way it is. Right. It it was, you know. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what Jane means by one, um, but you can ask her that later. Because <laughs> it's just it's just the number one. So I don't know if she thinks that you have something you feel guilty about that you're not sharing. Um, <laughs> not really. Like I said, you can you can take that up with her with your best friend when the show is over. Um, all right. <laughs> Well, thank you, everyone, um, Fran and Violet and Jane, and uh, I don't know if anybody else joined. There's a couple other Facebook users is, is all it says, so I don't know um, who those are specifically. But thank you all for joining today. Um, as I said, you can get my my book, uh, Those Who Can't Teach, and hear more stories that are kind of like Vicky's. Um, they're, they're all true stories of families who were told they can't, and yet they were able to prove those um, thoughts wrong. If you are watching and you would like a free IEP checklist, you can go to my website, ShellyKino.com and fill out the little form and you'll get instantly a checklist for IEP meetings. Um, there's also a social story there. And again, make sure you like this video, you share this video, um, you subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and we will see you back next week. Let's see. Yeah, next week I am interviewing um, another master IEP coach. Her name is Jessica. And uh, she's had some major life changes in the last year that she is going to be sharing with you. And then Friday with Fran, um, right here, one o'clock on Friday. So everybody have a great week. Vicki, I love you. Thank you love so you. much. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.